I'm Zach. I'm Roy. And this is Advice Hot Dog. Roy, do you realize that this marks the exact moment at which we can say we have done more than a quarter of a hundred episodes of Advice Hot Dog? Wow, why is that? Uh, Because this is episode number 26, Roy. Wow, badass. Congratulations, you and me. Yeah. Lucky 13 times two. That's 13 for each of us, Roy. We should be careful. Uh, So then is this podcast old enough to marry? Is this a podcast that we should... I think so. It can vote. It can give blood. It can drink. I think next episode, the car insurance starts getting cheaper. I thought that started now. No, I was talking about the formula, right? Uh, You divide it into 13 podcasts and then you add. Oh, so if we had a sister, if we had a sister podcast, we'd be allowed to marry it as long as it was less than 20 episodes old. Got okay. Okay, I was confused. I I now understand what what you're saying. I think we'd have to start broadcasting from a state where it's legal for a podcast to marry its sister. I see. They don't do that in a lot of places. We do have sister podcasts, but I don't I don't think that we should marry any of them. And you're on two of them. I'm on. So yeah, it, I'm on almost all of them. So it would really for me, it would just be like marriage would just be a lot of masturbation. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's okay. not uncommon. I guess you're, you're pro that. I'm pro that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you you can't be you can't be anti you can't you'd beat be a, that you'd be a yeah. hypocrite yeah you can't beat that with your left hand no for variety mm-hmm. well you first have to sit on it for a while so that it becomes numb your dick no your hand oh I was gonna your say left that hand. doesn't that sounds awful if you're right handed kind of difficult actually logistically topologically yes how you been Roy I've been all right yeah. what have you been up to uh well today I worked on my nut. Yeah, uh, I worked on on that acorn uh, nut. Nice, uh, your ge- your mold. geocaching treasure chest. Yeah, it's cool. All right, I'm really happy with it. I'm, I'm excited that this is becoming a real thing. Yeah, I'm making it so that you can uh, screw the top on and off. Uh, I made a joke about a nut today. I uh, I went to to Sprouts uh, Market. Uh, and I bought a big uh, bag of uh, peanuts, roasted salted peanuts in the mm-hmm. shell, and then I took this uh, bag of nuts, and I held it uh, underneath uh, a picture a of a rooster oh. uh, that was on on the side of a box of of wine. And I said to my girlfriend, ha, 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 "Get it?" Um, because I put the nut sack underneath the cock. Yes, uh, that was the joke that I made at the grocery store. That's, that's, that's what I did today. Great podcast joke. That was on my list. On your bucket list? No, it was on my to-do list for oh, today. Okay. For today. Get, get a power strip, uh, buy all new socks. I got these socks, and on the, uh, on the, on the package that the socks are in, it says, a uh, Russell brand. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that what celebrate? that means is that my, my, by wearing those socks, I will become a Russell brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, like part of the Russell brand family yeah. of sock products. I'll, uh, do you do you throw away all of your socks once you get new ones? Yes. How many How many do you get? Um, well, I think I bought twenty pairs, and that's and you just get rid of everything, regardless of whether it's only the 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 cool the day to day like white socks. Okay, that's the only thing that I do that with. What well, are your fancy socks? Not my fancy socks. No, the dress socks that I have, I, I keep until they're worn completely down to nothing. I, I keep them until they're uh, so stretched out that they just pool around my heels. Mm-hmm. Um, they they drape down over the shoes, making every shoes look like clown shoes. Right. Um, but yeah, the white socks. And this is a, this is a thing that I would actually recommend to our listeners. If you got a bunch of white socks, every say year and a half or two years, throw away all your socks, buy all new socks. Mm-hmm. You'll never have that problem where these socks 
kind of match. You know, right. if all of your By socks the same are always identical, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like get, 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 well, of course, yeah, throw away all your socks and then buy, you can't just buy like, random white a, socks, yeah, go to a thrift store and buy 40 random white socks one at a time, then like, one from each thrift store. Well, uh, if you do that, it won't ever matter. You don't have to That's bother true. trying to make them match it's up. not going to match. Yeah. yeah. So I, I bought socks today. Mm-hmm. And power strip. Okay, um, I'm curious about this because you always you're pretty much always barefoot. Why do you own socks? Uh, because occasionally I need to wear shoes. Like if I'm mowing the lawn, I see. I want to put okay. shoes on because I don't want to get my toes all green. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to like go on a walk. A like if I ride my bike to work, I have to wear shoes. Oh, okay. Um, you know, sure. Okay. There's a, there's there, all, there are many. There's many all kinds situations of to wear shoes. One wears socks. You want to go on a hike. Uh-huh. You're not going to hike in barefoot and flip flops. Yeah, well, you get those those foot gloves uh, that are... See, those are good because they let uh, the available dating pool know that you're a prick <laughs> and that they should stay away from you. Um, I think those shoes are very silly, but um, there are people who own them who I respect. No. Yes. No, I, I mean, I think there are people who uh, own them that you respect so far, but eventually... They, they will they will prove you wrong no i don't i disagree with that what else have you been up to um besides I, all of these stories about me <laughs> sure i just came back from a uh week almost a week maybe four days in uh bisbee for uh, my wedding anniversary my fourth wedding anniversary i mean i'm happy with, for you but my i lady don't know that i would wife. characterize four days as almost a week almost a work week oh, okay fair enough Sure. You did miss almost a week of work. Yeah, which I'm sad about. <laughs> uh, but you hung out with some babies. I did. There are lots of babies there. Uh, we go with a few couples. These are all, um, for the most part, friends from high school. And all of them, except for one person, have, have children. And most of them are, are, you know, two and under. Except for you. You and your wife don't have any children we yet. Don't. That you know of. That I know of, yeah. I don't have children that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was really fun. I mean, most of it is sitting around taking care of the babies <laughs> and just hanging out. And then at night, uh, you know, we all cook together. And I mean, that, that, all of that sounds fun, except for most of it, which is taking care of babies. I don't take care of any of the babies. The okay. babies are pretty, pretty easy. Yeah, they're, I guess they're if, all really if good there are kids. other people responsible for taking care of them, you just get to laugh at them and tell them things that aren't true. Yeah. Uh, so that they will be deeply confused about the way the world works. <laughs> um, and then we sit around a fire and drink beer till late, late in the evening. And that's pretty much it. We just hang out, tell stories, catch up. That sort of thing. You know what struck me as, as uh, interesting about kids the last time I hung out with some kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Kevin's cousins had some kids. There's this kid. He was like maybe seven years old. Mm-hmm. Seven-year-old kids are fucking stupid, Roy. They yeah. will believe almost anything that you tell them. Really? Yeah. Huh. I convinced them that when I was seven years old, I only had one friend and his name was Fart. And it was ironic that his name was Fart because he did not actually have a butt. He was just a guy in a wheelchair uh, from the stomach up. Uh huh. Uh, and the kid believed me for quite a while. Why would you make that up? Uh, I mean, it was funny. <laughs> yes, but I mean, if you were to tell me that story about your childhood, I would would probably believe you. You think that you would believe Except me? Except for I said... the Fart, I would assume that that was a nickname that you gave him because you're mean. 
Oh, okay. Well, but that's because you know me. See, this kid, thats this is probably the problem. This kid does not know me well enough to know that I'm an asshole. Right. And so he doesn't, you know. Okay. Well, while you're teaching him now. Sure. Sure. It's a learning experience for all of us. Um, I, I do have a couple of stories from, uh, this week long thing. One of them is that, um, because we're all in high school, we all went to, um, you know, the same unified school district. So everyone was very familiar because this came up is the, I like you, I don't, I don't do drugs. Let's go ride bikes instead. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful moment where we all just spontaneously said it in unison. Nice. Yeah. I really liked it. And then I was inducted into their cult. Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, like a a crossfit Mm -hmm. amway which Mm -hmm. which cult are they in (laughs) you know that one i can't tell you about it oh i see it involves a lot of chanting though (laughs) yes in unison in colors um and the other thing was you know just a new thing that i'm gonna start saying from now on which uh one of the two-year-olds was uh going to bed and this was relayed by the father eric and he was telling us how his son uh, didn't want to go to bed. So, um, you know, he would use different excuses. And one of them was uh, to have to use a potty. Uh, but to tell his father that he had to use a potty to, to poo, he says, ow, my butt. And that represents that, that he has to poo. So uh, Eric, you know, when he said, ow, my butt, he took him to uh, sit on the toilet. Nothing happened. Uh, and then he went back, put a diaper on him, and they're reading a story or laying on the bed, something, I don't know, with some parental thing. And um, Dylan says, oh, it's okay, Daddy. I went already. And, and Eric felt his diaper, and, you know, it didn't have any poop in it. And he says, what, what do you mean you went? Uh, there isn't any poo, poo in here. And Dylan says, oh, I pooped out my penis. Nice. Yeah. So, so which of those things are you going to do? Are you going to say, ow, my butt when you have to poop? Or are you going to say, I pooped out my penis? Both of them. When After you're done peeing. After you told that story, I, I came out and announced to the, the, the party that was assembled at the house last night that I pooped out my penis. Yeah. But I actually And did. we all it knew. Was, it was gross. I really Oh, you really did poop doctor. after your penis? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I think there's something. I think there's something wrong. Uh, somebody read a story about uh, a guy who passed out at like a frat party, and his buddies put an eel into his ass, and then oh, yeah. it ate his uh, it ate his bowels and killed him. Yeah. So I think maybe that's happened. I think maybe a tiny eel has eaten the eaten the wall between my poop and my pee. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a mess. The poo and pee pee vat. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the the poo pee barrier. Uh-huh. They talk about they talk about whether drugs can trust the poo pee barrier. It's like the sodium potassium pump, uh-huh. except it's the pee poo pump. <laughs> yeah, so we had that party uh-huh. last yeah, night. Where that was you really told great. Told us a lot of these stories, and, mm-hmm. and and I said, Roy, save it for the podcast. And I wouldn't. I just I just kept on talking. You were like, Fuck you, buddy. I'm going to tell him yeah. twice. Yeah, that's why I'm not telling it so well now. You're a daredevil. <laughs> Uh, but the highlight of that party for me was uh, Kevin, our, our uh, good friend, who is also on on the Video Games Hot Dog podcast. Um, he has this big box of, well, you you know this, but why'd you say it twice, Roy? <laughs> this is so big. Um, he had this uh, bunch of boxes from his childhood and a bunch of notebooks that he pulled out to share with us. And you talked about this last last uh, podcast about his uh, child, childhood uh, bucket list. Mm-hmm. And there are 17 items on it. And I had the great privilege of reading this to the room. And it was amazing. And um, 
I am not going to spoil it here by by reading the list because it's also not in front of me. Um, but I, you told me that you're going to share this on the video games hot dog. Yeah, everybody, you'll have to stay tuned. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you who this who, week who right? care about this, okay. uh, listen to the next episode of Video Games Hot Dog, which I'll probably uh-huh. publish Thursday morning. Okay, we record those on Wednesday nights. Publish them on Thursday mornings, except mm-hmm. when I don't get around to it. Um, yeah, and then Kevin's bucket list, and then I'm going to put it on on the Facebook so that everyone can can share in that if they haven't listened to the the podcast. It's pretty good. It is really good. <laughs> It, like, it kind of makes me want to do some of the things that he has on that list. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of want to do all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that party, I haven't done much of anything. I've been kind of sick, and I've been working real hard. And that sucks. I woke up today, even though I don't think I drank all that much last night, I woke up today with a pretty terrible hangover. Really? Yeah, just had kind of a headache that interfered with my ability to get anything done all day. Mm-hmm. Except sort of lay around with my thumb up my ass, okay. staring at the walls. Mm, okay. Trying to that, figure that out might to, cause some of your discomfort. I was trying to figure out how to make myself into a puppet that was under my control, but I couldn't tell when I was, you know, when I would wiggle my thumb around and move my mouth. I couldn't tell if it was me or if I was just doing it right myself. Right. If know? those two things were connected. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, a little moan of pleasure would escape my lips that I mm-hmm. don't think was voluntary. But again, it's impossible. You to don't know. know. No. That headache, man. It's rough. Hmm. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so I think, uh, I, I don't know, Roy, if I have ever seen in front of us before one of these episodes, a larger pile of questions than the pile of questions that we have right now. Roy, I am so proud of our listeners. They, they they came through. We said last, last week we, we were, we were in crisis. We were chewing our nails. We were dying. We were bouncing off the walls. Mm -hmm. We were flipping our shits. Mm -hmm. Each of us was flipping his shit. I, I was flipping my pee. Yeah, that was weird. From my Roy, butt. Roy was so confused, he didn't know up from down or poo from pee. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, this week, because our listeners came through, they came through in spades. Uh, we don't we don't have that problem. All we have is people to help. And I think we should start helping those people, Roy. But before we do that, let's have a cocktail. Let's. Roy, it's beginning to taste a lot like Christmas in it here. Is. Uh, this week's cocktail is the uh, Brandy Alexander, named after its inventor, Jason Alexander, and mm-hmm. his daughter, Brandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think either of those things are actually true. But the seven-year-old... Jason Alexander is a real person. He is a real person. I'm sure he has had a cocktail before. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's ever had a Brandy Alexander, and then he walked or around he's saying... he's ever had a Brandy. Have you met my girlfriend, Brandy? Ah... Uh, he was really drunk. That was right. what that moan at the end meant, because he'd had a lot of Brandy's Alexander. Right. Yeah. He's insufferable. Um, yeah, he really is. That guy. Just his mm-hmm. voice is like. I don't want you to invite him to your your uh, Christmas party this year. I won't. Okay. So brandy Alexander was uh, surprisingly simple to make. Uh, it is one part brandy, one part Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, Sounds fancy though. Of right? Macedon, one part brandy, one part uh, creme de cacao. The recipe called for dark creme de cacao. I don't know what kind of creme de cacao we used. They but only had pre- one kind. It was pretty dark. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right next to the creme de menthe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one part cream, which we used heavy whipping cream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is cream always heavy whipping cream? Uh, I'm always confused by that because when I go to the store and I'm looking for cream, cream is not an option. Yeah. It's either never always heavy cream, cream, heavy cream or half and half or heavy whipping cream. So right. I, I don't know what to do. So I take all of them, mix them all together, and then I drink that. Oh, okay. I just usually get milk and wait. 
Because mm-hmm. that's all cream is, right? Is milk that's been out for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, then you shake it up and you pour it in a martini glass or, you know, any kind of glass. You sprinkle a little bit of nutmeg on top. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that does anything except get you just very, very slightly high on nutmeg. Because mm-hmm. I know if you eat like an entire ba- basket of nutmeg, uh, you'll you'll trip balls. A basket? Yeah, like you fill a bat, you you heart, you go and you gather an entire basket of meg nuts uh-huh. and then eat them. Okay. How um, do you eat them? Aren't they really hard? You have to use a microplane grinder or, and just grind each of okay. them into your mouth. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it you, you I feel you should of, probably just snort it. You need a lot of water. Oh, you think? And yeah. I get that it crosses that poo pee barrier faster if you yeah. snort it. Well, you could insert it. I mean, then if, you trip balls. You trip ballser, but not as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the nutmeg is to get you very slightly balls tripping. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fucking good. It I, is really delicious. I'm almost done with mine. I do not exactly like eggnog. I will drink eggnog because it's like a tradition, you know, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I can't have a Christmas season without at least once choking down a glass of eggnog with in some brandy. In this house, yeah. we drink eggnog. Yeah, we do. Um, I think this is going to be my new Christmas drink. Huh. This is going to be my new Saturday night thing. Uh, and you'll like say, guy please give me a Jason yeah. Alexander. Yeah. No, I'll make it myself. I will go to the store and I'll be like, could somebody explain what the fuck is going on with cream? Because every time a recipe or anything says to get cream, I go to the store and I don't know what the fuck to buy. And so you always a, feel like you're doing it wrong. Yeah, and I apparently am not alone in having mm-hmm. having this issue. Yeah, I have those fears also. I grew up on a cattle farm and I don't know what the word cream means when I get to a goddamn grocery store, Roy. Wow. It wasn't a dairy farm, to be fair. Right. It was You know, if I went... If, if there was a particular kind of beef that mm-hmm. I needed, boy, would I be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. And my mom is back home right now. And when she comes home, uh, she's going to have a big sack filled with frozen beefs and she's going to bring them to me. Man, I'm getting that. I keep I keep getting renewed excitement about the fact that I am going to have a beef liver, uh-huh. a beef tongue and a beef heart. What about the, the bullocks? Uh, I don't think I got the bullock. I don't think I got the Rocky Mountain oysters. Okay. Uh, you should bullocks. request those. Like J- Jim the J bullocks. and Sandra. <laughs> yeah. The, my, my grandfather's neighbors, Jim J and Sandra Bullock. Uh-huh. The, um, why, uh, why is the liver so good? Oh, liver is just good. I Like, I just like eating mm-hmm. liver. Are you asking, like, why is liver so delicious? I because don't like I don't, chicken I'm not liver. the right one to ask. I, okay. I think you should be asking the Lord Jesus Christ who invented the okay. cow liver. But isn't... The liver just like um, a filter for all the gross stuff. Why would you want to eat that? Uh, well, I mean, uh, isn't the isn't the delicious filet mignon just a muscle that's designed to move the hindquarters around? Why would you want to eat that? I mean, because mm-hmm. it's fucking delicious is why. Okay. I mean, so people talk about that. People say, oh, yeah, the liver is just a thing that like strips poisons out of the blood. Right. It strips poisons out of the blood and sends them out of the liver. It's not mm-hmm. like your liver just keeps getting bigger and more full of poison as you mm-hmm. age. It, you know, it well, occasionally there's like a rock in there. Like the Gila that, monster tail. And that hurts real bad for a long time. Is that what happens with the Gila monster tail? No, but it's a common misconception that Gila monsters don't have anuses and that their tails are so big and fat because people believed and still believe um, that uh, it's filled with all of their poo. <laughs> That would be true for someone who had never, ever peed. Their liver would still contain all of the poisons that are being filtered out of their blood. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you request beef liver, aren't you also requesting all of the pee that went through that liver? Oh, yeah. When you eat 
when you eat beef liver, you are also eating every other cow that that cow ever peed on. Huh. It's a thing to keep in mind. Wow. Which is why it is critical just that, like you, STDs. that you wear a condom right. when you're eating beef liver. Um, a dental dam. <laughs> yeah, just swallow it. Just put individual slices of liver into condoms and swallow them uh, uh-huh. like you're a, a heroin mule. <laughs> right. But so remember, you're, you're a beef heroin, liver mule. You, you are also smoking every mule that that mule ever peed on. Um, uh, so, uh, well, so you're gonna get, get a bunch yeah. of bunch of beef. Yeah, it's gonna be it's awesome. Great. We're gonna have a beef party. Mm-hmm. It's like a sausage fest, mm-hmm. only even more dick. Right. Uh, I wish yeah, I could have gotten a beef pizzle, probably. Oh, you should. Yeah. How big are those? I have no idea. At least a foot, right? Oh, probably. Foot and know. a half? I mean, cows cows' vaginas are pretty deep. Huh. I know that for sure. Have you ever put your hand in a cow vagina? I never have. Oh. Well, I mean, not not professionally. Like, I've I've done, right. you know. Recreationally. Just, yeah, recreationally, like on a, on a purely amateur mm-hmm. level. Okay. Um, I was never good enough. For You've the, never gone pro. I was never good enough for the, uh, the, the JV cow <laughs> fingering team. I see. That Back was, at your old high school. Yeah, that high school sucked. Right. <laughs> they just they made up a lot of sports. Right. Because uh, they didn't have the budget for a regular well, football they were so team. Shitty at, they were so shitty at all of the sports that they needed to be like number oh, one. Oh, really at good something. at some yeah, sports. So they made yeah. up. They made up sports that no other high school would field a team for mm-hmm. so that they could be state champions. Do you recall any of these other sports that they No, they, no I don't. Okay, I don't just, now, that you've, just, uh, uh, now that you've put me on the on the spot. No, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you'll think of some. Mm-hmm. You'll remember some. Yeah. Uh, there was the there was the how many razor blades can you fit in your mouth team? I see. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh, actually how uh, the Jim Rose Circus got its start. Really? Yeah. He grew up where I From did. From near high school. Yeah. And huh. he got, he was, he was like, wow, that guy's really good. great. They at said, that. wow, that guy's really good at how many razor blades can you fit in your mouth? He's the MVP mm-hmm. of the, uh, so he got a full ride to, to the state university. Yeah. To the state, uh, the freak show, mm-hmm. freak show college, clown, clown college. Uh-huh. And that's where he met the Enigma. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, the guy with the, the you know, and and the guy uh, with all the tattoos that uh, that contained sure. the codes that helped us win World War Two. Right. But he convinced him to change his name after that to be Enigma mm-hmm. because he thought Enigma was stupid. Yeah, the Germans, stupid would, the Germans would never figure that out. Um. Yeah, so uh, this Brandy Alexander is pretty good. Creamy and delicious. It's very hey, delicious. Hey, listeners, if anybody out there knows what the fuck is going on with cream and what you, what the hell you're supposed to buy yeah, if tell a us. recipe calls for cream, let us know. Mm-hmm. This would be great on ice cream. We should just point that out. I don't know if I believe, like, I don't really understand what you mean by that. Because I would I take a, a bowl of ice cream, cream and then make two of these cocktails, pour them all over the ice cream, eat the ice cream, then drink the rest. That's not really a thing, though. It's a thing that I am suggesting, and I'm going to try. But normally, when you put something on ice cream, it's something that's like chunky, or at least like thick. You know, like a fudge, no. like a hot fudge, like a like a blended. What about a float? Brownies. That isn't chunky, uh, right? But I wouldn't say chunky like, root of beer. root beer. Oh, we should put some of this on our ice cream because that isn't what you're doing. You're putting ice cream in your root beer. Oh, okay. Uh, then I'm so you, okay. So you can say this I would understand. be really good if you put some right. ice cream in it. Yes. So is ice cream. Ice whipping cream, ice heavy whipping cream, ice half and half. I, I know don't you know. go to Dairy Queen. Ice, ice buttermilk. Milk. Ooh, ice buttermilk. You put uh, 
You put uh, salt and pepper on that. Tastes exactly like frozen cottage cheese. Really? It's pretty delicious. Do you like buttermilk? <clears throat> uh, only with salt and pepper in it, so it's like drinking cottage cheese. Oh, okay. That's what I used to do. Which, the weird thing about this is the Would reason... Would you liquefy your cottage cheese so that it tasted like buttermilk so with salt inject, and pepper? So injected it into my eyelids. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been I've been chasing that dragon. The first time I ever had cottage cheese, I've just never I've never been able to meet that sensation. Yeah. Oh, God, that's too bad. Uh, you know, I think the reason that buttermilk tastes like cottage cheese when you put salt and pepper in it is because buttermilk tastes exactly like cottage cheese, <laughs> which you eat with salt and pepper in it. Uh-huh. Because that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, if you put salt and pepper in this, it tastes exactly like this other thing that you put salt and pepper in. Right. Like that's that isn't like a magic trick. Made right? out of like milk. that's just you noticing that two things taste alike. Sure. Yep. Well, those are uh, two well, things that do taste alike seem to taste alike. A lot of the a lot of the wisdom that my grandparents imparted on me, you know, just earlier today. Uh, this is a very uh this is a very uh, uh respect your elders kind of show because as you were saying, is this a is this a pint? We looked at it, it said 16 ounces and I said, "Roy, like my grandma always used to say, pints a pound the world around." Mm-hmm. Yes, 16 ounces is a pint. Although I think fluid ounces are different than uh the troy ounces that uh, golden cream is measured in. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a good time to own uh, bullions of golden cream. It is. And yeah, re- like, really, like it's just a chicken bullion cube in mm-hmm. some cream. Makes it a nice uh, golden color. Oh, Gold okay. bullion. Sound uh-huh. investment. Roy, I understand you have a, a, a correction that you'd <laughs> yes, like to register for the last show. Yeah, again, uh, last week I kept referring to uh, the uh, shoot for the cure as a Susan G. Combs event. And it, it's not a Susan G. Puff Daddy Combs event. It was a Susan G. Coleman event. Like Dean Coleman, the inventor of the Segway. That's that's who that was? I think that was Dean Cayman. Oh. Dean Dean Caveman of Caveman College. <laughs> wow, that guy's really smart <laughs> yeah, for a caveman. It's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, to, to be fair, uh, it's, not, it's not a very tall field to be outstanding in. But, right. Uh, and you look like a dick while you're riding one. Yeah. I do really want one, though. <laughs> I, you know, I rode one once at yeah. Disney, Disney World. Did you feel like a dick? No, I felt like I was going to fall over. Yeah, but it, it doesn't like, tip over, right? No, it doesn't. It Could you make it tip over? I don't think you can. I mean, you, what I'm worried would happen is that I would let go of it and fall off. Um, sure. And then it would just be standing there like, and mm-hmm. that's creepy. It would be standing there like that ball from Phantasm. Like, how does that even work? That the, the, I've never seen Phantasm. It's got a silver ball that just floats with, and then every once in a while, like a blade comes out of it and it drives through your skull or some shit. Whoa. Yeah, it's rough. Hey. Anyway, that's what a Segway reminds me of. Okay. And speaking of Segways, Zyrofan <laughs> 1 writes, I'm vegetarian, but also I'm extremely picky with what I eat. I generally wind up eating lots of breads and pasta with very few healthy foods like fruits and vegetables. A few of my non-hippie friends wonder how I'm still alive. How am I still alive? Didn't didn't you have a girlfriend who knew who had a friend who was like was a vegetarian but didn't like bread yeah. or grains? No, or no, it was the opposite. They didn't like uh, vegetables and they just ate cakes and cookies. That was like she just lived on cookies for the most cakes. part and bread. And um, Corinne has a friend who's vegetarian like at 16 decided to become vegetarian and pretty much just ate bean and cheese burritos from Taco Bell. Yeah. And he's, um, 
his body shows. Yeah. Does he weigh a thousand pounds? Even he doesn't weigh a thousand pounds, but he used to be like either a cross country uh, swimmer, wrestler. It's one of those. Yeah. Did I mention that my high school also had the uh, cross country swim wrestling champions uh-huh. that year? The triathlon. Yeah. Um, it's rough. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to pin someone for like a hundred yards mm-hmm. of water. And not let them drown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if either team, if either party mm-hmm. drowns, everyone loses. Right. It sucks. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of vegetarians that eat nothing but like macaroni and cheese. And right. so they're like, what? I'm a vegetarian. Why am I gaining weight? And it's like, turns out that meat doesn't mm-hmm. make you gain as much weight as macaroni and cheese. Um, and Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola sauce. That's all. <laughs> Uh, that would probably be pretty terrible, actually. Coca-Cola you'd, gravy? You'd mix your sweet vegetarian and your savory gra- <laughs> vegetarian gravy. Yeah. You can't use the... Yeah. yeah. I wonder if you could use the urine of a of a cow to make gravy. It, would that still be vegetarian? Uh, you know, I don't know. That, things that that's being, that's a gray, the, gray area. Do you make, you make gravy out of cow's blood, right? I don't. Um, but I think one uses cow fat. Oh, okay. Use the fat of the animal doing or of little, the land. I think I've been doing it wrong. The mm-hmm. fat of the lamb? The land. So all beef gravy is actually lamb. Uh-huh. Lamb and beef sounds like a good thing to make dog food out of. Oh, yeah, yeah. With rice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the question? Why is this person still alive? You, you know, I like I have a feeling that you're probably like 20 and that's why it doesn't matter what you eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're 20, it does not matter what you eat. And you should, uh, I want to say that you should enjoy that. Why are there fat 20 year olds then? Uh, okay, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I feel like I ate horribly up until the point where I was, like I didn't start gaining weight until I was like 25. Sure. Say. That's when yeah. I went from like 170 pounds to like 230 pounds over the course of I a couple of years. I was 32 when I started to gain oh, yeah? significant weight. That's weird. At least weight I, that I noticed. Why did I? I guess I smoked a lot I more than you did and I quit. You did. And you always did eat a lot better than uh-huh. I did. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. Yeah, that's a good question, right? Like, why is it? Th- is it because a 15-year-old kid who eats whatever he wants now is just consuming twice as many calories as a 15-year-old kid who ate whatever he wanted when, Maybe. when we were 15, just because serving sizes at places are bigger. And sure, they're bigger. They're- uh, people do drink a lot more um, sugary drinks, things that are have high high calorie but counts. I drank nothing but sugar. I mean, I drank nothing but soda when I was I don't a know. Kid. So why don't I have diabetes? Why I don't am, know. Why am I still alive, Roy? I don't know. <clears throat> so part of me wants to tell you to enjoy, the, if, you are, if you are one of those people who is young enough that you can eat whatever you want and not be morbidly obese... I would part of me wants to say enjoy that while you can, but the other part of me wants to say like maybe you should try to start developing a taste for a healthier diet uh, before it gets to the point where it's like a, you have a to actually do something health, about it, right? Um, not it, that not that it got to that point for me. I don't think I don't think I was ever like I was never I was never so overweight that a doctor told me to lose weight. Sure, right? I think it probably would have happened eventually if I hadn't if I hadn't gotten it under control. But you did get that kidney stone, so that made you change some of your habits. I don't know that it actually did. Really? Didn't you start drinking more water and eating less nuts? Probably for like a week. I didn't eat any less nuts. 
I, uh-huh. nobody's gonna nobody's gonna take my nuts away from me. Uh-huh. That's what I. I mean, I just, I was just telling a story about how I bought a massive bag of peanuts. Yeah, today. that's true. Remember when we were at the ballpark? You do love nuts. Uh, remember when we were at that ball game and you said, "How many of those do you think you could eat in a minute? Mm-hmm. How many of those peanuts do you think you could shell and eat in a minute?" And I said, "Wait, I, I challenged you. you I feel you like said, you challenged no, no, yourself. You said, how many of those do you think you oh, could okay. eat in a minute?" And I said, "I don't know, six. Mm-hmm. Time me." And then I got through fifteen. Yeah, it was three times as it many. It was as very I, impressive. I'm, I'm a humble guy mm-hmm. I, in fact i think probably my humility is my favorite thing about me yeah about um for all of us so you'd be surprised at how not a big deal it is once you get in the habit of eating a little better to eat a little better well it's not just um i don't think that you should think of it as i need to be healthy and eat healthier i i think you should think of it as hey i should vary my diet because there are lots of really great things out there that I should probably be experiencing. Because, you know, being a vegetarian limits you in some ways, but it also opens up a new world that you weren't expecting. Sure. Uh, what I've found has helped me a lot is uh, having a having a friend who got real into fitness and... Uh, making just, you yeah, do it? Not even really making me do it, just like being there and saying, hey, I'm going to start making lunch at the office and going grocery shopping. You want to go with me? And I'm like, okay, sure. So then what that did was it made it so I had to figure out a lot of stuff that you could eat. Like trying to come up with things that were good for you or at least not bad for you that you can eat with zero preparation. Right. Um, so like just a lot of like cheese and say uh, Triscuits, which Triscuits because the ingredient list on a Triscuit is like not lard and it's just like wheat and salt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so probably not terrible, not mm-hmm. as terrible as like a chicken and a biscuit, which would have been my cracker <laughs> choice before. Right. So instead of having a chicken and a biscuit and a can of easy cheese, uh-huh. have a triscuit and a slice or of deviled uh, ham, you know, yeah, a slice of uh, a slice of some kind of cheese that when you look at the ingredients on it, it just says, you know, m- milk, milk, salt and milk solids and enzymes. Right. right, just cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of raw vegetables, Just and I don't like a lot of raw vegetables, but I just found some that I like, and I eat those. Mm-hmm. You like hummus a lot? I Yeah, I get I go in and out of uh, out of hummus phases, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I don't know. I'm in an out hummus phase right now. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think I've just eaten too much of it. You and hummus are on the outs. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, when we'll, we, we'll first, fall in love when we again. first moved down here and we, we were continually observing how much this particular brand of hummus that we enjoyed smelled like a, a lady's vagina? Mm-hmm. And then we would, we, would, we would say, hey, everybody, smell this. When they when they came to visit, it mm-hmm. smells like a vagina. I remember when I when I showed that to my dad. Uh-huh. I don't think I did actually. You know, I probably did. Uh, he he made fun of us for eating hummus because he confused hummus and haggis, and he thought that what we were eating was a weird uh, Scottish delicacy like that was haggis, dip? Yeah, some sort of fermented thing inside a sheep's stomach, huh? Or which uh, is not vegetarian. Yeah, it's probably not. I don't. You know, I mean, it could be right, like because you could just be eating like pre-digested grass that a sheep has been eating sure the fact that it's served in a stomach doesn't make it non-vegetarian did you know there is vegetarian uh, haggis i didn't like people love haggis so much that when they're vegetarian they still want to be able to eat it it's like corn or those uh you know i had an idea that everybody thought was just appalling and i don't understand the logic that led people to be appalled by this okay people said you know what i like is those uh those vegetarian chicken wings but they don't have any bones in them. And I thought, well, I got a solution to oh, that. Yeah. Take all the bones. There are, there are millions of restaurants that throw away the bones from wings every day. Take some of those bones, clean them off, 
and put them inside these fake uh, chicken wings. And then everybody wins. Everybody huh. wins. There's less waste. Yeah, it's recycling. Yeah, you're reusing. I don't know that you're recycling, but you're reusing. Reusing. To yes. me, it seems like a perfect plan. Okay. But everybody said, ew. Right, because if you're vegetarian for political reasons or whatever, vegetarian reasons, yeah, but you don't want to. It's not like you're bringing it like, oh, if I didn't use these bones again, that chicken would come back to life. Oh, so if you got like thrift store bones. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. If you buying, like if you, if mm-hmm. you just dug, if you just found chicken bones that had been like in a landfill, let's say mm-hmm. you as a vegetarian, you went to a landfill and all, the only meat that you ate was meat that you recovered from a landfill. I think you could still you could still rest easy. Your conscience, sure, your I conscience see. could be assuaged by that. Why not just put in uh, like plastic bones that have a little secret compartment that then you can use to geocache later? Ooh, that's a pretty good idea. Although that's pretty wasteful. You're using petroleum products for that. Even oh, more petroleum so. than it takes to fertilize your stupid corn that they make your corn out of, and to transport it to your stupid Whole Foods. <laughs> Wow. Green. Green my ass. Yeah. What's the carbon footprint of that clusterfuck? I don't know. And you don't either. So yeah. shut up. Shut up about making fun of me with my SUV and my swimming pool. Wow. I totally don't have an SUV. No. Uh, you do have not, a swimming pool. No, I don't have an SUV I, because it's impractically large. I just have an extremely wasteful uh, sedan. I see. Yeah. Right. Um, I strive to have the largest carbon fo- footprint possible. Mm-hmm. Also, footprint possible. Yeah. Uh, Iron Nikki writes, I work in a plant biology lab researching cotton. Believe it or not, cotton is extremely boring conversation material. How can I make my job sound more exciting when people ask me what I do? Well, you can say, I make things that cover up tits. Because that's huh. true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Right? You make some cotton. Like, there's all kinds of exciting things that it's cotton It's very does. absorbent. Uh, it soaks up blood from wounded warriors. Oh, I would say from, from vaginas. Oh, they're... also, yeah, also vaginas. And uh, menses. Boy, did I see a lot of uh, discarded tampons and applicators on my way to the 7-Eleven to buy some coffee. What? Uh, two days ago. Really? Yeah. I, so I've never From the office or from, from your home? Yeah, from okay. the office. I don't think that kind of shit happens in, in a nice white neighborhood that my house is in. Um, I don't know, man. See, that's not true because you also own the house that the office is in. Oh, sure. But I'm not exactly white, Roy. Oh, I mean, okay. that's the thing sure. I cross, I, cr- I cross this boundary. I, I have a foot right. in, I have a foot in each world. Um, so, you know, normally I, I can, I can walk, I can walk through those neighborhoods and I don't feel unsafe. And you know, mm-hmm. I look around, there's some squalor, there's some people, there's some, you know, pregnant women being loudly kicked out of houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens every once in a while. That's cool. That's. Have you ever actually seen that happen yes, in the neighborhood? I have. Wow. Um, I have not. Yep. Um, and you know, but it was just a, like by her boyfriend. Uh, maybe it was her husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm sure everything is going to work out great for those people and their child. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a lot of times you'll see a condom on the road. Right. You know, which and is a good sign, right? Because people are using condoms. I guess it's a good sign that people are using condoms. But what the fuck happens to somebody that, that what like, how do you get to the point in your life where you are discarding a condom on the road? Where, where were you fucking? Were you fucking someone no. in your car? No, wait. Uh, I'm assuming that you're jerking off in your car, and because you don't want to make a mess, you're using a condom, and then you just throw the condom out. Oh, okay. Sure. Perfectly Maybe so. logical. Maybe so. I mean, I guess you do, you do, like, it's still responsible if you're, you know, if you're a, a poor inner city youth to use a condom if you're masturbating. Mm-hmm. Because you never know. You never know. Somebody might come in and scrape that shit up, because your, your genetic material 
prized, prized, buddy. It's sought after. They want it. They all want to steal your precious bodily fluids. Why don't you tell us about the tampons? Don't throw that shit out on the road, though, because then that's just as easy for them to find. You think they don't know it's yours, but they're tracking you. Those black helicopters you see, cameras trained on you. I think you should just save that stuff and put it in your freezer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, tampons. What the fuck? What the fuck? That one I don't understand. You're going to change your tampon outside? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're homeless, you probably don't, you, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe homeless women use tampons, too, and they just pull it out and drop them wherever they are. Mm, yeah, sure. I don't know, man. I mean, it's a possibility. Multiple tamp, multiple used tampons on the road and applicators. Like, what, how did, they, there were, there maybe some, maybe there were some, like, junior high girls who were just really excited about getting their periods. And oh, so they're yeah, like, sure. You know, doing like a, doing let's like do what, a, do it now. A group menstruating thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, let's, let's do it. Let's change our tampons. Tee mm-hmm. You know, like apparently junior high boys uh, often will have uh, uh, circle jerks. I never saw any yeah. of that. But apparently it's common. I don't think that's true. You know, true. I read really? that in that's everything true? you always wanted to know about uh, 12-year-old boy circle jerks, but were afraid to ask. Oh, I see. That's probably the first answer. So really, any of these things make cotton more exciting mm-hmm. uh, than, than you'd think cotton would be. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? You can start, you can start um, using puns. You can say, well, I don't, I don't cotton to the idea that my job is boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to make any, anything interesting. Right? Could, a cotton gin, gin. You could make jokes about gin uh, because of the cotton gin. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cotton Mather mm-hmm. rhymes with Dan Rather. You could tell that. What's the mm-hmm. frequency Kenneth story? That's that's way more interesting than anything that happens at your stupid biology lab. Oh, you could sure. uh, You could say that you're trying to genetically engineer a type of cotton that will wipe out humanity like in The Happening. <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah, that, that is what killed everyone. Or a type of cotton like was used to make Bruce Willis's shirts in uh, The Sixth Sense. Uh-huh. Or really any, right. any Bruce Willis movie. You can mm-hmm. say, check this out. I make the stuff that makes it so you don't have to see Bruce Willis with a shirt off. I bet they were even wearing digital cotton in Tron. Oh, I bet they were. Mm-hmm. I bet they modeled those. Uh, they modeled those. Uh, those. Those virtual garments after real garments. Yeah, after real cotton. Cotton's yeah. durable. Nature's yeah. good at stuff. Yeah, it is. Nature's way better at putting together sheets of things mm-hmm. than we are. Mm-hmm. Sheets that sometimes have holes in them mm-hmm. for for the wedding night. Yeah. Uh, Erich writes, <clears throat> I'm a recovering alcoholic. I find AA to be a great program, but I can't, and I make meetings daily, but the God thing is really driving me nuts. I don't want to catch a resentment to the program, but I can't help but get annoyed when people say I need a higher power in my life. A higher power concept is there just to divert the responsibility to something else so that you can achieve clarity of mind and not get overwhelmed by the obsession. How do you think someone like myself, who at the end of the day has extreme difficulty accepting anything that tries to ram God down my throat, can contend with a program such as this, especially since it's extremely helpful in all other ways? I've heard this uh, complaint a lot by people who um, are into AA or something like it and um, are not particularly religious or, you know, God-believing. It strikes me as weird that, as, as, especially as more time goes by, that a secular version hasn't been developed. I think there are versions of it, but for the most part, it is easier for people to let go and give up to, you know, like a godlike higher power rather than to, you know, whatever the, you know, the disease or the addiction itself. 
I mean, I you know they they work right. Like AA is effective, and a lot of people a lot of people swear by it. And there's you know there's all kinds of things that you could say about it. There's like, well, okay, you're replacing your addiction to alcohol with an addiction to this cult, right? Mm-hmm. But whatever, that cult's probably better for you than drinking. You know, sure, the cult doesn't tell you to beat your wife, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you can work the steps by yourself, but uh, one of the main things about AA is that you need the group. And the group believes in God in order to work the steps. I think that the way that they that they officially state it, the higher power does not have to be like the Christian God, right? But I have to imagine that most in a lot people of, talk that, about that's it that how way. it's going to be talked about. Mm-hmm. There's a weird thing that happens, <clears throat> and this shows up a lot in questions that get sent to us. And I think this is a thing that, like. Uh, you know the the kind of people who are who came from the the kingdom of loathing audience that uh, sort of seeded the advice hot dog audience in the beginning sure. struggle with a lot which is like how do i deal with the fact that i am an atheist and people around me are religious right and it's it's always weird because the, i mean the answer is like you know you you don't you know you just don't mm-hmm. don't make a big deal out of it like it seems like something that's really important but like it's not really necessary for people to see eye to eye about religion in order to get along. Like there is a lot of social structure in place that you as a young person, and I know this from experience, don't have a lot of respect for because what a lot of people will call politeness, you will call dishonesty and you will think that there is something wrong with that. But Mm -hmm. it is there to to stop you from getting into the trouble that you think you're going to get into because you're an atheist and your grandmother is a, is a religious zealot. Mm-hmm. You know, there are going to be people who will hound you and say, you're going to hell unless you do what I say, stay the fuck away from those people because those people are crazy. The problem yeah. with those people is not that they are religious. The problem with those people is that they are crazy and most people mm-hmm. aren't. Mm-hmm. And the most of the people in AA aren't crazy. You know, right. If it's helping you, I think maybe just deal with the parts of it that you don't agree with, you know, just. Well, in order to use that thing, you have to just accept it. You know, it's like any relationship. You just kind of accept the things that you also don't like about them. I mean, don't, don't like refuse to stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance because it has under God in it. You know, you don't have to say that part out loud. If mm -hmm. everybody in the room with you is saying grace, just bow your fucking head and be quiet. You know, like don't make a big deal out of it. Which is not to say that this question is coming from a coming from a space like that. Sure, I mean, uh, as for myself, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm still a practicing Catholic. I went to mass this morning, which I don't always, but you know, I try to. But when you do, you always drink Dos Equis first. <laughs> I do. Um, but I have grown up with a group of friends for the most part who aren't religious and have never been and never will be. You know, my wife wasn't raised in a religion, is not going to, you know, be Catholic one day. Uh, And for me, it's the same kind of thing where, you know, there are things that are important to me as far as my religion goes. And I just accept the things about my friends. And in turn, my friends accept these things about me. It's easy because you're like the nicest guy in the world. Oh, thanks. But everybody should just be more like you. I mean, it would be, although more like on time for stuff, sure. maybe, than you, but like, mm. just be, you know, be, be yeah, nice. I appreciate like, that. Accept it, right? Like, just be just be accepting the, of, of people and, and... Just be cool to each other. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's you know, it. Just give people the benefit of the doubt. More often mm-hmm. than not, they'll rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's what like Paul Rudd boner. teaches us. 
yeah, they'll rise to the occasion just like a boner, mm-hmm. like a boss. Like your boss has a boner that he won't stop chasing you around the office with. Yeah. You got a lawsuit on your hands, buddy. A lawsuit. I I think it is possible, and I think it is it, it is obviously possible for you, Erich, to get help from this organization, despite the fact that there are some... And even, th- even though they are like Elements fundamental like. aspects of the organization mm-hmm. that you disagree with, like, I think you can... You can treat this the way that you should treat everything, which is to take the parts of it that you need out of it and just let people have the parts that they need. Just like yeah. religion. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should, we should, you know, golden rule. Golden mm-hmm. rule. Treat them like, uh, yeah. treat them like you would want to be treated. You don't want them. Like making, Norman Rockwell. You don't want them like pinning you to the wall and making a big deal out about, about the fact that you don't believe what they believe. Right. Do you? So don't do that to them. Um... Perhensile DNA. I think I typed this wrong. Perheldesena. Been in a serious relationship for coming up on two years, and my girlfriend has started saying she loves me half a dozen too many times every day. There are worse issues that exist in the world, I know, but how do I bring it up to her that the frequency with which she says it is beginning to weird me out? I don't want to push her away, but it's weirding me out. Huh. Are you high? Like every time she says "I love you" once, do you hear it? Like "I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you." Why'd you say it so much? Um, Have you been letting uh, Have you been letting Phil Collins uh, man the soundboard for your hearing aid? (laughs) Um, Uh, I don't really know how you're supposed to, you know, tell the person that you love. You're telling me that you love me too much. I mean, it like. I feel like there is a, there are habits that you get into. Zach, like, I love you, you. I love you too, Roy. Why can't we say that? Why, I don't why, know. why does society not allow us to I don't say know. that without it seeming gay? I mean, we rub our boners together. Yeah, well, rub. It's a fight. Uh, it's yeah, fight. sorry. It, it's we have to fight. make sure and let the listeners know that it is a masculine thing. Like yes. it is a it is like a, a heterosexual yeah. boner fight. Yep. Yeah. Um Yeah, you know, do you have? Do you feel weird when when uh, your girlfriend tells you that she loves you six times in a row? No, not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, it's like I, I wonder if maybe there are people who hold like. I also don't know that I think that the moment at which you first tell someone you love them is like this huge watershed thing right i mean i think it's a it's a thing that comes on gradually and then it's just true right there's not like this is the moment at which i realized that i loved you i don't think that really happens um i i have times where i remember and i've decided you know now i'm gonna tell this person that i love them yeah i remember when when i decided i would tell corinne that Mm -hmm. and uh she like there was a night we were going to go out on a date for my birthday and she instead planned a surprise birthday party because no one had ever done that for me. Mm-hmm. And I was going to tell her that I loved her that night, but then I didn't because I didn't want her to think that I just said that because of the party. And <laughs> well, then so I told really her the next morning of... and explained it. Right. Mm-hmm. I love you. Now make me breakfast. Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. If you love me, I sure. owe you that much. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll have leftover party food. Got all kinds of cool stuff. Breakfast. We're having a... A, a, a pizza scramble a tortilla chip omelet um <clears throat> yeah. uh the listener did not tell us whether they have said that they love their girlfriend sometimes a person will say i love you a whole bunch because they're expecting you to say yeah, it back and if you're not you. saying it back then that encourages them to say it even more well here's what you do if they say i love you say i love you too i love you too 
Mm-hmm. And, and like that, like you're like you're just rushing to get it out more times than they are. Mm-hmm. And then they'll 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 give up. They'll give up because they know they can't hope mm-hmm. to match you. Yeah. You just do it. You're, you're redoubling your efforts every time. Like when the emperor showed up on the new Death Star and was displeased. Right. Uh, Tibiara says, this is sort of a nerd question, I know, but how do you go about finding an in-person tabletop role-playing group? My boyfriend and I have been thinking about finding one for a couple of years now, but we're not sure where to start. Local game shops tend to only recruit for one-shots of Warhammer, not our scene, and the one role-player we know, IRL, is already GMing a game, LOL, uh, and doesn't have any room for new players. Where do we start looking? Uh, internet? Huh. Swingers clubs? M- yeah, move to, move to a new town. You're going to have to move to a new town. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in Alaska. Because what I hear up there is that there are in Alaska, which is the, they, they have like the opposite uh, problem of most parts of the of the country. There are like ten uh, GMs for every player. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't I know what know it that. is. They they it, Alaska just attracts the like rugged uh, rugged outdoorsman, the self sufficient type. Really know, the strong, silent dungeon master. Um. Doesn't didn't your old high school have like a really great great team? So they could just move there. Yeah, it was the Dungeons, right? the competitive Dungeons and Dragons team. Yeah, um, although yeah, I mean like you're weird, you're pretty high it was up. And... Weird sexual Dungeons and Dragons. Like we had to do oh. something that literally no other high school would want to do. I see, um, and that's why you won. Yeah, <laughs> every, so it was every year. Yeah, it was it was really like boners and buttholes. Mm-hmm. That was the version of it that we played. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. I wish I hadn't said that. B and B. Seriously though, you could uh, you could try Craigslist. You could try Craigslist, but um, you kind of have to be careful about that because uh, whenever you make an ad that says that you're really into role playing, um, you're going to have to really screen out uh, the people to re- who reply to your ad because they're going to come over with a paddle and they're going to spank you. Yeah, if you're like, we're looking for somebody whose dungeon we can play in as a couple. Right. Um, yeah. They're going to they're gonna interpret gonna, that the wrong way. It's going to be an eyes wide, wide shut kind of scenario open. Right. Shut. If you if you, uh, Open and shut. you you um you say I prefer it uh, goblin style. Uh-huh. Uh who knows what they're going to do, man. Right. They're going to like legend is going to be playing all the time mm-hmm. and those creepy dudes with the hook noses are going right. to are going to they're going to be like wearing masks. And if you state that legend cosplaying and it's oh boy. If you rough. state that you're a bearded dwarf, that's also gonna mean a whole other thing. Right. In some circles. That's true. That was a much that was much better than goblin style. No, they're two separate things. They all mean something. What else? Uh, you're a, a rain a ranger? A ranger. A half elf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know or, or uh you're looking for the full elf. That sure. also means something else. Sure, uh, you you like it. You like it with a longbow, mm-hmm. um, right? You do it with an axe. Mm-hmm. You use your bastard sword. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good work. Thanks. <laughs> the brain in Maine writes. This sounds like a really arrogant question to ask, but how do I reply when somebody says, "Wow, you must be really smart." Not that I go around acting all smarty smart, but I'm getting a PhD, so when people ask what I do and I tell them, I sometimes get this reply saying, oh no, not really, is patronizing, saying, well, yes, I am, is clearly out of the question, and Mm -hmm. thanks isn't an option because it isn't really a compliment and sometimes is actually meant as a little bit of a jab. Any suggestions on backing out of a conversational corner with grace? Uh, I think the best you can hope for is uh, self-deprecation in that. Mm -hmm. So uh, you say, no. Some people think that. You don't get a PhD because you're smart. You get a PhD because you're unemployable. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. It's it's not that I'm smart. I'm just too lazy to get a real job. Academia, am I right? It's Mm -hmm. all about who you know. And then you high-five them. Yeah. 
yeah, or you do like a fist bump, mm-hmm. uh, but not like a complicated one because you don't want them to think that it's some crazy frat ritual that you learn in the right. Silver Skull You're gonna make Society. Them feel dumb. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. want to exclude them. Crystal Skull Society. They're the 99%, you know, and you're you're like the upper class educated elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got your white male privilege mm-hmm. and they don't even Liberal know. arts education. Yeah, you do. You're going to, you're like, I'm really smart because I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars getting a useless degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like I'll that. probably end up a hobo. No, you'll just work at a, you know, fast food joint. Yeah. Yeah, you'll become Dr. French Fries. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, man, I don't know. I've never had, I've never done anything that led people to say, you must be really smart. Really? I don't think. No one has ever said to you, you must be really smart. I don't think so. I'm always making fart jokes. Oh, okay. Like, all the time. So They're, they're clever fart jokes, though. Sometimes. I, you no, must that, be really smart at making clever fart jokes. I'm not smart. I'm just good at making fart jokes. Oh, it's okay. not that I'm good at it. I just do it a lot. I mean, you can't. It's like, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says you do anything for 10,000 hours and you become an expert. That's I am true. an expert fart jokesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just respond with, oh, you're really sweet. Oh, that's sweet and of you, you to say. You walk away. Uh, how'd would you, you like, like to, some coffee? How'd you like to blow the smartest dude in the world? Although I think Psyche is a girl. So you'd be like, how'd you like to eat out the smartest chick in the world? And then that'll that'll tell them right away, like, oh, oh boy, yeah, that's not that's not a phrase you would use if you were actually smart. Mm-hmm. That yeah, phrase so is, that is the phrase that you would use if you were sort of a skank. It levels that shit it is out. Gross. <laughs> Why, yeah. when you say eat out? Yeah, eat okay. me out. So uh-huh. Imagine somebody says to you, eat me out. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Even though you may want to, right? Well, or norm- you before want- they said that you would want to, yeah, but yeah. then but once they you're- said that, they're like, "Eat out my cunt!" <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> gross, gross!" You're like, "I got an, I got an itch down there. That I need you. To, I got an <laughs> itch in my it. twat that I need you to scratch with your mouth." Huh? Eat why? Why out, does? Why, why does her voice go down? Because it's actually a trucker. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, that's a, that's the problem. A trucker impersonator. Yeah, well, it was a you know, it was a trucker impersonating a woman to get into the PhD program. Right, right. That's the it's it's just rough. It's bad news all around. Right. Because if they if they lie about that, they're going to lie about whether they're, they're just going to make up some yeah, some yeah. kind of bullshit for their thesis. Yeah. No, I don't have any diseases. It's fine. You can eat me out safely. You mm-hmm. don't need to use a dental dam. Right. Uh, do you think that anyone has ever used a dental dam to perform oral sex on a woman? Yes, I do. You do? Mm-hmm. Have you? No. It, has anyone you know? Uh, n- no. Has anyone ever? <laughs> well, the, I mean, you asked me a very direct question, so my answer has to be no. But my friend Jennifer went to an all-girls uh, school where there was a high lesbian population, and apparently they were really into sex safety. And they would use dental dams, and she knew ladies who used them. Are you sure she wasn't just making that up to sound smart? I am sure. Was she in a PhD program? No. She was just getting her undergrad. (laughs) She was getting her undergrad eaten out, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. She had to get her undergrads taken care of. Uh Uh-huh. I've I've soiled my undergrads. Um, if someone compliments you, I, I think you say, uh, that's, that's really great for you to say. I mean, it's just, uh, I just put in the time or I need a PhD f- to be in academia. You explain what it's about. You launch into a story about, um, what your thesis is and, um, you tell them all the different uses of cotton. 
that exists. And uh, so I am really smart. You distract them. But boy, am I clumsy. And then you tell the story about how you tripped and accidentally spilled uh, boric acid into a vat of cotton at your laboratory. And that's how Silly Putty was invented. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Because then everybody likes Silly Putty. Yeah, and you you'll, became you'll, a millionaire. win the room over immediately. Mm -hmm. And then I, later on, I, I accidentally spilled the Silly Putty on a stack of paper and invented Post-its. Wow. Yeah, but then when I was filling out the patent application, I fucked up, <laughs> but then accidentally spilled some ice cream on the application, and I invented Whiteout. Whoa. It's amazing. That's this amazing. amazing. Yeah, they're going to... And then they're going to say, you must be really smart, and then you have to start the whole fucking thing over Whoa. again. And now you're trapped in this Twilight Zone huh. conversation loop. I don't think that's good advice. You shouldn't, then. You shouldn't say that to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's let's not do that. Let's uh, let's let's in fact uh, tell tell our listeners uh, how they would get a hold of us if they wanted to ask our advice, Roy. I think they would first go to our website, which is advicehotdog.com, and there you will see links to Gmail, which is advicehotdog at gmail.com, Facebook, which is facebook.com uh, slash advicehotdog, Twitter at advicehotdog. Then there's a telephone number that they can call, which is, uh, Zach, can you read that for us? It is 769-218-9225. And then they can also send us a postcard or letter, which I believe we've fixed that now, right? Nope, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. I'll say I'll do it tomorrow, just like I have every Sunday okay. for the last two weeks. I will actually get you to do this Remind tomorrow. Me, yeah, because if you, if you say, Zach, mm -hmm. go to the post office right now with a giant list of names... Mm -hmm. uh, so, in fact, send a postcard to Bob Goldthwaite, uh, Care of Advice Hot Dog, P.O. Box 41774, Mesa, Arizona, 85274. Because now we have proof. We have listeners, uh, loyal listeners, who have sent us uh, letters and postcards that show a uh, little sticker that says return to sender because they didn't know where to put it. Hmm. Okay. So it has to have our name on it. Uh, the problem with that post office is that everyone who works at that post office is an idiot. Yes, I, I feel we've covered this before. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, we still have to tell them. Uh, but regardless. <laughs> but regardless. Hey, Roy, I hear uh, that on a sheet of paper in front of you lies this week's stinger. Yes, it does. What is it? It is jail or community service. This is a rough one. Mm -hmm. What you want is to meet people, right? So I'm assuming this is like, where should I go to find the one? You right. know, and like... Jail, you're going to get a lot more time to get to know them. You're going to find a different one. Community service is cool, but then, like, you go home for the day, and you never know, like, what they're like in private, right? Right. Like, the person That's that you true. meet, like, showing kids uh, showing kids the, the, the inside of your lungs because of the drunk driving accident that you were in that left you with a window in your chest that they can't remove or you'll die. Huh. Right, like so that does happen a lot, right? Yeah, you wouldn't expect yeah, that. It kind of it, it makes you kind of believe in God because it's like the only way that that could happen so much is if there was somebody making that happen on purpose. Because like the number of times As that happens is way beyond coincidence. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you get drunk, you fly through the windshield of your car, you end up with a plate glass window showing the inside of your lungs. Horrible pain. Horrible pain for the rest of your life because they, the can't, time. they can't take it out. Mm -hmm. They can't do anything about it except just let you suffer and talk to little kids about why they should brush their teeth every day. But the little kids are really impressed, though. It's they're cool. grossed out yeah, and they're, impressed. They're fascinated with that yeah. shit. And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you go, you, you, you make sure that you get in this accident early in life so that when you go and do your community service at a junior high, you can meet a girl and then still be young enough to date her once she's 18. 
Right. Right. This is this is what you what you do in this way. In prison, prison, it's it's you have less of a you have less of a field to play, but your chances are better. Sure. Right. Uh, because they're meeting not gonna, a life like, partner. Your cellmate is not going to forget about you. Like if you're in the cell for for five years, they're not going to like forget your name. Whereas that girl that you had she your might, eye on in junior high after you, after you track her down like six mm-hmm. seven years later, she might not even remember you until you open right. your shirt up and say, "No, I'm the guy with, I'm the guy with the plate glass window making his lungs visible." And she'll say, "Which which guy with the oh right because there are so many yeah visible. that's true." Yeah, so I don't know. You can get it engraved though with her face. Ooh, like so, scratch it, scratch yeah. it in there. Yeah, that's that's pretty permanent though. You know, you you, you well, yeah. Make sure she's I mean, the she if she's your you. true love, then yeah, you want her face on. But it's gonna be her junior high face, right? Oh yeah, so that's gonna be weird because every it time is she gonna be weird. every time she gazes into your separating bloody lung wound, she's gonna she's gonna feel a pang of regret at all of the all of the potential that she had when she was in junior high. You know? That's true. It's going to yeah. be depressing for That's her. That's how I feel. Probably jail then. I think you're just, you're safer. Mm-hmm. You're safer in jail. I mean, that's why they call jail the, the stone womb of the, of, of the governmental system. Yeah. Yeah. So you return to it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's safe and it's impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Nothing's, nothing's going to happen. There's not, you know, nobody's going to hurt you in mm-hmm. there. Like, nobody ever gets hurt in prison. Yeah. They don't let you drink. I mean, and even if you do drink, like, if you manage to make some wine in a sock in the toilet, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you drink it and they don't let you drive. Right. Yeah, you're you safe. Know, it's not like you're you're gonna not going to hurt anyone. You're, gonna you're not going to get a window. A joyride on a cafeteria tray sliding down the stairs or something, but there's no glass right. in prison, right? So, like, you never have that happen. Wait, they don't like, have glass in prison? No, I don't think so. Really? I think they drink out of they drink out of spoons. They have to drink with. A what spoon. do they look out of? The bars. They look out of bars. Oh, okay. Yeah. What They're, about in winter? Isn't that cold? Oh wait, that's why you have your cellmate. Yeah, yeah. Keep you warm. Huddle together for warmth. That's they can save so much money on blankets by putting people two in a cell. Mm-hmm. Each 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 inmate uses the other as a blanket. In fact, the cozier cells have three inmates. Right, two of them they sleep in shifts. Yeah, one of them is the blanket. They they just one of them is, one the, of blanket? Them is the mattress, and one of them is the blanket. Uh huh. And they they just yeah. trade because awesome. everybody only needs to sleep for a third of the day, right? Right. And then being a mattress or being a blanket gives you something to do mm-hmm. when it's when it's the other guy's I, turn uh, to sleep. You form a uh, you know self confidence. You have an identity. I'm the blanket. Prisoner sandwich. You get that. You, mm-hmm. Some days you're the bread. And some days you're the meat. Mm-hmm. Prisoner Sweet. sandwich. Good night, everybody. Good night.